This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. Ashley Nicole Green. This is a 10 to 15 minute session where she will discuss frequently asked questions and or provide you with some good old information on how to navigate through those areas. So let's get started with some legal mumbo jumbo. Hi there. Welcome back to season two, episode number six of Lego Mumbo Jumbo. My name is Ashley Nicole Green. I'm a Houston family law and divorce attorney. And as always, I'm excited to be back on the mic speaking to you guys about today's topic. Today's topic is about knowing who you are marrying, specifically related to protecting your real estate. So this topic is a continuation from our conversation from the last episode. So we're going to continue on the conversation specifically about real estate. As always, I'd like to give you guys a little bit of context so we can set the tone about today's topic and tell you how this came about. So this topic came about because I had a client a few years ago who came to me. He was very distraught. Um, He was going through a divorce. His significant other had um, moved on, cheated on him. And he was, he's still to this day, like my favorite client, because he like still hires me for like everything he can possibly think of. But, um, and he just, you know, he wanted to make sure that the home that he had was protected. And he wanted to make sure that he wasn't in a situation where the home that he had worked so hard for during their marriage would be, you know, completely lost. So they ended up working out a really good agreement. They're actually very amicable. So it worked out. But I told him, hey, look, if you know, if you get remarried, um, make sure you come and, you know, sit down with me. Let's do a prenup um, because I don't want you to be in this situation. And so he said, you know what? No, Ash, I'm not going to get remarried. (laughs) Like, this is it, right? But I told him, I said, just keep an open mind. So fast forward, it was about a year or so later, he reached out to me and, you know, he had such excitement in his voice. And he said, hey, Ash, you know, I, I found somebody. And he said, but I remembered what you said. And he's like, I need to sit down and I chat with you. So we chatted and he thought he needed a prenounce. But, you know, once we started talking, I realized, you know what, you really need a cohabitation agreement um, because you don't have any plans in getting married here in the near, near future. Um, But we need something to protect you since Texas is a common law state. Um, And so, yeah, we did that. So anyways, I'll talk to you guys about that a little bit more as we're discussing today's topic. But that's how this topic came about. So. Let's go ahead and jump right in. So if you haven't already, grab your sheet of paper and something to write with because we're going to go pretty fast. Um, So the first thing that we're going to discuss is in protecting your real estate, you need to make sure that if you have a piece of property that you purchased prior to the marriage, then you ensure that you confirm that as your separate property and I'm also going to talk to you guys here in a little bit about reimbursement claims. So what I mean by that is what happens if you make improvements on that property? What happens if, you know, you refinance that property? But with all that being said, um, you want to confirm that as your separate property and you want to make sure that the other person cannot collaterally attack that. Now, let's say that you purchased a home during the marriage, right? But you know that you're going to be the one putting down the large down payment. You're going to be the one making the notes primarily. Maybe your significant other isn't going to really work, or maybe they're, you know, going to contribute in a different way. But you want to ensure, and both of you agree, that this particular piece of property will be your separate property. 
So guess what? It's so easy. You write that in your prenup, okay? You confirm that as your separate property. Now, for those of you who are already married and you're maybe in this predicament and you and your spouse say, you know what? I know this is your property. I know that we purchased this during the marriage, but I know you used a large sum of the money you had saved before the marriage. And I know maybe your family helped you, helped us get it. And I don't really want to take that from you if we get a divorce, right? You can transfer the property from community property. It's called a partition agreement. So you would transfer it from community to separate. Okay, so that way, if the divorce comes about, your spouse doesn't have someone in their ear saying, well, this is community, you need to go after it, you're entitled to half of it, right? That conversation would not need to happen because you have this partition agreement. Now, the same is true if you are living with someone, which is what happened in the case that I mentioned a little bit earlier. You know, my client said, I'm going to have this person come live in my home. But I had to warn him because I said, well, let's pump the brakes because you have to remember Texas is a common law state. So, and it doesn't take a lot (laughs) to claim common law marriage. You know, you just live with each other, hold each other out to be husband and wife um, and other people recognize and y'all both agree, you know? So at some point, maybe if you're in a long-term relationship, you start using the phrase hubby, wifey, you know, things like that. And now fast forward, you're going through a divorce and they're using that against you because they want to now claim common law marriage. And you're like, wait, we never formally got married. Well, in taxes, it doesn't matter because there's really no time period, right? That you have to live with someone to claim that. So we talked about that and I said, well, let's protect your real estate this way. Let's come up with a cohabitation agreement that says that you do not have any intent to be recognized as common law. If you get married, it will be a formal marriage. It will be, you know, signed certificate, not any common law, none of that. Also, anything that you do as far as like upgrades on this house, anything that you do is your house, 100%. Even if she contributes, even if she feels like, you know, some of the money you're taking from, you know, y'all's relationship is going back into the house, this will be confirmed as your separate property. So that's what we did. And fast forward now, it's been about a year and I just love this client. Like he's so amazing, but um, he's doing great um, and he's happy and she's happy. Like they were very amicable. So it worked out. So that's the first step um, in protecting your real estate is sit down, come up with an agreement, whether that's a prenup, whether that's a partition agreement, or whether that's a cohabitation agreement. The second thing that you want to do is that you want to make sure that you have something in your agreement that says what happens if there's a breakdown in the relationship when it relates to the other party moving out. Now, Let me pause and say, traditionally, when you have a divorce case, a court is not going to do what we call a kickout order. A kickout order is when the court forces a spouse to get out of their home that they've lived in, in the marital residence. Um, And they do do that, but it's very, very difficult to get a kickout order. You have to have, you know, severe circumstances such as domestic violence, you know, something of that sort where it's a danger for that person to continue to reside in that home. It can't just simply be, I want the home, they don't, so I'm kicking them out, bye, right? It can't be that. It has to be something much more 
um, significant. So what happens if you are in a relationship and you have this house and it's your house, right? And let's say you have this house before the marriage and you're doing your prenup. You need to put in there how many days they have to get out of the house. Now, I will tell you that this same particular topic came up. I was doing a prenup um, for a client last year and, you know, it was like some absurd situation where they were like, you have like, I don't know, like 10 days or something to get out of the house. And I was just like, yeah, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that. So we negotiated and she, you know, she got a much longer period. We, um, I think we ended up putting in there like 60 or something days. Um, and I argued that, you know, that's the waiting period for a divorce anyway. So at minimum, she should be able to stay in there at that time. So they went for it. But yeah, like you have to do that. Okay. So make sure you do that. Otherwise, if you're going through a divorce, like it doesn't matter that it's your separate property, right? It doesn't matter that you earned, you um, obtained it before the marriage. That's her marital residence or his marital residence as well. And so it's going to be really difficult for the court to say, I'm going to kick this person out of their marital residence, even though it's your separate property. So hopefully you're following there. The same is true if you have already, you know, gotten married with your spouse and you want to make sure that you have some type of agreement in place, right? Um, now, you can definitely put it in there. Um, it's something that, you know, um, I haven't really seen as much on the on that end, but I'm sure that, um, you know, if your spouse is in agreement with it, you guys work out a reasonable number of days that they have to get out, then that's something that can be worked in there. Now, typically this type of provision, I should say, is a lot easier when the parties don't have children. Um, so that's something to kind of keep in mind. If you do plan to have children or you have children, make sure that you're kind of equating, right? Um, the cost of moving, the cost of getting a new apartment. Um, I had a case a few um, years back where this particular situation came up and, you know, he wanted her out of the house by a certain period of days, but they had children together, right? Um, now they weren't going through the divorce. It was um, a prenup. And so what we ended up doing is we had a clause in there that she would be out by X number of days, but he had to provide her you know, X amount of money by, you know, before that time period came, right? So that way she can utilize those funds to actually be able to move because otherwise, like, she would be homeless and on the street. So you have to think think creatively. The same is true for a cohabitation agreement. So in the case that I mentioned to you guys earlier with my client, um, he also, you know, he was hesitant about it at first, but I'm like, you know, I understand you don't want to kick her out. You're not thinking about kicking her out right now, but God forbid something happens, like we need a plan. And so we also put, you know, a number of days that she had to be out of the house um, with her children and all of her belongings and everything. So that way she wasn't able to claim that. And he had some type of remedy to be able to get um, the result he needed. The next thing that I want to talk about. So this is the third thing um, is making sure that you have and I talked about it a little bit, if you have funds that you are putting into your home, that you make sure that you have some type of clause in there about reimbursement claims. What a reimbursement claim is, is any money used during the marriage to enhance someone's separate property can be utilized in a lawsuit to say, hey, 
they use community property funds, which is money that was earned during the marriage, to enhance their separate property funds, which I can't attack and get half of. So I want half of the reimbursement money, or I want all the reimbursement money to go back into the community estate and then split. So make sure you have a clause in there about what happens with reimbursement claims. Do they go away? Can no one claim them? Is it only up to a certain dollar amount? Is it only so much, you know, after so many years? Make sure that you negotiate that as well. The same is true if you have a cohabitation agreement. Um, You want to make sure that for this now, you want to, and it's not completely in line with reimbursement, but it's kind of on the same topic, is that in um, those type of situations, have it where you have one account created, okay, and you guys put money into that account each month to pay the bills, okay, and that way it keeps everything separate, you're never commingling things, You're never putting your money together. So in our client's case with his cohabitation agreement, we had it where they would set up an account and each month they would put money into, let's say, a Bank of America account, um, half of the amount of the bills. Both of them would do that. And so that way, you know, she could never argue that, you know, they've commingled these funds. It's half of hers is what's in his and so forth. It's like, no, we have this one account that we have together and that's it. And we only put enough in there for bills to be paid each month. So with that being said, I hope this podcast is helpful. I hope it, you know, creates some juices in your mind to start thinking about ways to protect your real estate. If you feel like this is something that you want to chat with me more about, I would love to chat with you. We offer a free 15-minute case evaluation. You can also book a consultation if you feel like you need more time. Um, We will be able to explore the different options, any concerns you have. And I think it's a great way just to kind of have some peace of mind. So, yeah, I hope this, like I said, topic was helpful. And until next time, you guys take care. Bye for now.